Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the daughter of Jephthah as we pick up in Judges chapter 11, verse 11. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. He said, Lord, if you will deliver these people of Ammon or the Ammonites into my hand, give me the victory over them, then I will sacrifice unto you the first thing that comes out of the door of my house when I return home as a burnt offering unto thee. So God delivered the Ammonites into the hands of Jephthah, and he was coming home victorious, leading the armies. And who should come out the door of his house than his daughter, his only child, with a tambourine and a song that she had made up of the great victories of her father and how great a dad and everything he was. And when he saw her come out the door, he said, oh, sweetheart, you've brought grief to my soul today. And she said, Dad, whatever you've promised the Lord to do, go ahead and do. And so he told the vow that he had made. And she said, all right, you know, you've made the vow to God in in your to do it. But she said, allow me a couple of months to go through the mountains with my friends and just sort of bewail my virginity. And so she went through the mountains bewailing her virginity for a couple of months. And it came to pass, verse 39, at the end of two months that she returned unto her father who did with her according to his vow which he had vowed and she knew no man And it was the custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughter of Jephthah, the Gileadite, four days in a year. Now, number one, God had forbidden human sacrifice. There is a question of whether or not he actually killed her. The burnt offering sacrifice was actually a sacrifice of consecration unto God. And there are some commentators who teach that he gave her to God to perpetual virginity. In other words, to keep her from ever marrying and she was consigned to a life of celibacy because of the vow her father had made. That is possible. It isn't probable, but it is possible. From the apparent reading of the text, he did this awful thing and actually sacrificed his daughter unto the Lord. However, I am convinced that God did not require it of him, nor would God require it of him. Under the law, where your first child actually was to be given to God, God made provisions for the redemption of the first child with an animal. 
And I'm certain that God would have allowed Jephthah to make a substitution for his daughter in this case. We must remember that in the society that was surrounding the children of Israel in those days, human sacrifice of your children was a very common thing to the pagan gods. In the worship of Molech, in the worship of Baal, the common practice was the sacrificing of your children unto, God, unto your gods. In the uncovering of the houses of the Canaanites, in the foundations of the houses, they discovered many jars with the skeletons of babies. They considered a good luck omen to actually bury your baby in the foundation when you built a house sacrificing it unto the gods and so forth. And it was common practice among the pagans by which the children of Israel were surrounded, but it was something that was strictly forbidden by God. So if Jephthah did it, he did it of his own will, not because God demanded it. It is a very horrible thing. It is hard for us to understand. We cannot really blame God. You say, but why did God allow her to come first out of the house? Why didn't she chase the cat out in front of her or something? That I don't know. Now, remember the men of Ephraim when, when Gideon came back having, you know, gotten the victory? And they said, why didn't you call us? Well, here they are again, chapter 12. And the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and went northward and said unto Jephthah, Why did you pass over to fight against the children of Ammon and you didn't call us to go with you? We're going to burn you and your house with fire. Well, they got by with this kind of stuff with Gideon. Gideon was just a very, you know, diplomatic, mild-mannered fellow. But not so Jephthah. He was the son of a harlot, tough cookie. He grew up with a tough crowd. And, and you don't mess with Jephthah like, like you would with Gideon. And so they came to Jephthah, throw this, throwing on him the same trip that they threw on Gideon years earlier. And Jephthah said, I and my people. Now look, notice, Jephthah was a very egocentric person. Notice all the eyes and the mys and so forth in these next few verses. It demonstrates the guy's egocentricities. And Jephthah said unto them, I and my people were at great strife with the children of Ammon, and I called you, and you delivered me not out of their hands. And when I saw that you daily delivered me not, I put my life in my hands and passed over against the children of Ammon, and the Lord delivered them into my hand. Wherefore then are you come up against me, me this day to fight against me? So notice all these personal pronouns the guys use. He's very egocentric. And Jephthah gathered together all the men of Gilead, and they fought with Ephraim. And the men of Gilead smote Ephraim, because they said, You Gileadites are fugitives of Ephraim, and among the Ephraimites, and from among the Manassites. And the Gileadites took the passages of Jordan before Eph the Ephraimites. They'd come over. Uh, against them into the land of Gilead, crossed Jordan, coming over against them. And so 
uh, the men of Jephthah took the, the fords where they crossed the Jordan River, and as the Ephraimites were trying to sneak back into their own land, they'd stop them and they'd say, say, Shibboleth. They'd say, are you an Ephraimite? They'd say, oh, no, we're not an Ephraimite. They'd say, say, Shibboleth. And the guys from Ephraim couldn't pronounce the S-H sound. And they'd say, Sibboleth. And they knew that they were then Ephraimites, and so they wiped them out. And some 45, 46,000 Ephraimites bit the dust. Uh, 42. And Jephthah judged Israel for six years. And he died and was buried in one of the cities of Gilead. So really, he didn't reign too long, just six years. And then the 10th judge was this guy, Ibzan, from Bethlehem, and his claim to fame was he had 30 sons and 30 daughters who he sent abroad to marry, you know, with the kings from other nations, and he took in 30 daughters from abroad for his son. So he shipped his daughters out and, and then took 30 daughters from other kingdoms for his sons. He judged Israel for seven years. He was buried in Bethlehem. Then Elon became the 11th judge. He was from the tribe of Zebulun. He judged Israel for 10 years. And he was buried at Ahai, uh, or rather, Ajalon, or Ajalon, in the country of Zebulun. Then Abdon became the 12th judge, the son of Hillel. And he had 40 sons and 30 nephews that rode on 70 donkeys, and he judged Israel for eight years. These guys really didn't do very much. Not much is told about them. Now, again, the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. There was a certain man from Zorah, he was of the tribe of Dan. And his name was Manoah. And his wife was barren. And one day she was out in the field. And an angel of the Lord visited her there in the field and told her that she was going to become pregnant. She was going to bear a son. And through her son, God was going to begin delivering the children of Israel from the Philistines. Now the angel said, the son is to be dedicated unto God. You're not to allow a razor to come to his head. A Nazarite vow, not cutting your hair. Also, he was not to drink any wine strong drink, anything that came from the vine. For he was to be a Nazarite from his birth, dedicated. His life was to be dedicated unto God, a commitment of his life to God. Well, she was all excited. She ran and she told her husband about this man that met her in the field, told her that she was going to become pregnant and have a son and that he, she was to uh, not shave his hair and not give him any wine or strong drink. And he said, what did he look like? And what did he tell you? 
And he said, oh God, if it's really you that appeared, appear again so we can get some further instructions what we're to do with this child. So she was out in the field again. And the angel of the Lord appeared again. And she said, would you mind waiting here? My husband wants to meet you. <laughs> so she ran and got her husband and said, the man who appeared to me in the beginning is here again. So Manoah came running up and he said, I just, you know, I heard the story and I, you know, didn't know what to do. I just wanted to know, you know, a little bit more instructions. She was sort of excited and I wanted to make sure I got, you know, the instructions straight. How are we supposed to raise this kid and what are we supposed to do with him and all? And tell me again, you know. So the angel repeated. He said, just like I told her, don't give him any wine, anything that comes from the vine. Don't cut his hair. He is to be a Nazarite, dedicated unto God. And so uh, Manoah said, Look, uh, Manoah said to her, the angel of the Lord, verse 15, I pray thee, let us detain you until we have made ready a kid for thee. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. So Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is your name? so that when your sayings come to pass, we might honor you. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is secret? That word secret in the Hebrew is actually wonderful. Why do you ask me my name, seeing it is wonderful? So Manoah took the kid with a meal offering, and he offered it on a rock unto the Lord. And the angel of the Lord did wondrously while Manoah and his wife looked on. For while the fire was coming up, the angel stepped into the fire and ascended into heaven. And Manoah fell on his face and said, oh, we're going to be wiped out. We saw an angel of the Lord face to face. And his wife said, hey, what do you mean? If God wanted to wipe us out, why would he tell us we're going to have a baby and all this and give us all these promises? And so he said, well, I guess you're right. So the level heads prevailed of Manoah's wife. So she bare a son, called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move him in times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtual. And so the valley of Zorah and Eshtual are actually eight miles from Jerusalem towards Tel Aviv. And it's a very beautiful, fertile valley through there. It was part of the uh, inheritance of the tribe of Dan. And uh, so this is where he grew up and God's spirit began to move it on him at various times. Now, Samson went down to Timnath which was a Philistine city. And there he fell in love with one of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came home and he said to his parents, I want you to go down and make arrangements for me to marry that girl. And they said, ah, oh, come on, Samson, all these beautiful Israeli girls around here, why do you have to go down and fall in love with the Philistine?" Now, they didn't know that God was seeking an occasion against the Philistines. Samson, a self-willed young kid, he said, hey, don't give me a bad time. Just go down and make the arrangements. 
So his parents went down to make the arrangements and Samson was tagging along behind them. And a lion jumped him. And the Spirit of the Lord came on him and he took that lion and ripped the thing in two, just like it had been a little goat or something. Tossed the carcass over in the bushes, dusted off his hands, didn't tell anybody. The parents went on down to Timnath and he got to see his girlfriend. They made all the arrangements for the dowry and so forth so that he could marry her. And so the time for the wedding came and so they were on their way back to Timnath. Again, his parents went ahead of him and curious, he got to the place where he'd tossed the carcass over in the bushes and wondered what that old carcass looks like by now. And so he went over to see what the carcass looked like the degree of deterioration and all at this point. And he saw that bees had made a hive in the carcass. There was a honeycomb there. So he grabbed it, began to eat the honey, caught up with his parents and gave them some of the honey to eat. Still didn't tell them what happened. Went on down to Timnath. Started the whole wedding festival. Now, in those days, they really did a big number for weddings. It was a seven-day kind of a feast prior to the wedding. Really celebrated, you know, the last of your single days. And so they appointed 30 of the Philistines to be his companions for this period of revelry, the partying and all prior to the wedding. And so Samson said to these 30 Philistines, I'm going to give you a riddle. And if you can tell me the riddle by the time of the wedding day, then I will give you 30 shirts and 30 changes of garments. But if you can't tell me the riddle at the end of the seven days, then you've got to give me 30 shirts and 30 changes of garments. The guy says, what's your riddle? And so he gave to them the riddle. And he said, out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And these guys for three days hassled with this thing. Out of the eater came forth meat. Out of the strong came forth sweetness. And after three days, and they, they hadn't gotten anywhere with it, they came to his bride-to-be. And they said, what a rat you are. You're just trying to rip us off. That's why you chose us to be his companions. Trying to get 30 shirts and 30 changes of garments out of us for your trousseau or whatever. No way. They said, you better find out what that riddle is or we're going to burn you and your dad's house. And so she came to Samson and she said, you really don't love me. I said, what do you mean I don't love you? Oh, if you love me, you would have told me what the riddle is. He said, oh, what are you talking about? I haven't even told my parents what the riddle is. See, I told you you didn't love me. And she started this business of tears, and day after day, you know, here's a bride-to-be, always in tears. You don't love me. 
And finally, Samson had it. Couldn't stand the tears anymore. He said, ah, we need nothing. He said, I killed this lion, and out of its carcass, there was a honeycomb, and so out of the eater, there came forth sweetness. So she told these guys, and the day of the wedding came. And so Samson said, okay, what's the riddle, fellas? And they said, what's stronger than a lion and what's sweeter than honey? And he really got angry. He said, if you hadn't been plowing with my heifer, you'd have never found out. That's an interesting, I imagine, a colloquial kind of a phrase in those days, calling your wife a heifer. <laughs> you hadn't been plowing with my heifer, you'd have never known. And he got upset. And he went down to Ashkelon, one of the Philistine cities along the coast of the Mediterranean, got hold of 30 Philistines, cracked their skulls, took their shirts and their clothes, came back and paid off his debt and went home. After he cooled down, he came back to see his wife, and that's where the next problem began. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Judges on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Judges 11 through 14 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. God bless you and keep His hand upon your life. May the Lord give you strength for every trial and testing. And may you come to that place of a total reliance upon His strength, the acknowledging of your own weakness, the surrendering and the committing of yourself completely into His hands. And thus may your weak be blessed and anointed by God in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Have you ever had a friend who's not a believer and they ask you a question about the Bible and you're thrilled? Finally, they want to know about God, but then you go blank because you can't remember the scripture that would answer their very question. You're not alone. It happens to me all the time. And I think if only I had a quick scripture reference that would help me right then and there, that would be perfect. 
Well, guess what I found? Pastor Chuck's Old and New Testament study guides are available to download as ebooks instantly to your phone or mobile device. Now, whenever you need to find the meaning to a scripture reference quickly, you can. Pastor Chuck has written great little Bible commentaries to help anyone come to a better understanding of God's Word. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download the Old and New Testament study guides by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order these books in print, call the Word for Today at 800 272 